Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Welcome back to Recalibrate, and uh, I'm here again with Luke. Hey, everybody. Yeah, and I always get him to say something, because we want to make sure you don't... <laughs> I am it. here, I promise. Yeah, he is actually here, and it's not artificial intelligence, no, or it's I'm not... No, I'm not Skyping in. Yeah, and it's yeah. not uh, somebody else imitating his voice. Very unique, <laughs> couldn't do it. We're looking at worship, we're looking at um, two or three gathered, and the power of coming together corporately... And focusing on the name of Jesus, worshiping the name of Jesus, and in that there is another measure of grace given into our lives. Mm-hmm. And boy, I'm really thankful the Lord's helping us revisit this topic. I love it. Yeah, it is. I think it's been refreshing for everybody. Mm-hmm. One of the things, though, that comes up is, uh, and I think it's a question a lot of people ask is, you know, I've been to this church and they they worshipped with uh, a book and people were reading lines and <laughs> the person up the front would say something and then everybody would respond and there was a very strong order. They had times when they stood up, times when they sat down. Mm-hmm. And uh, we commonly call that a... Le- denomination? or Denomination. Yeah. No, the, the service is called... Oh, you, you're referring to a liturgical service. A liturgical right. service, yeah. right? And that is common in Catholics. Anglican. Yeah, Anglican. We've got, you know, a lot of your historical, historical streams, churches, you know, your yeah. Methodists, your Presbyterians. Know, yeah, I think the Methodists do too, yeah, right? Yeah, I think they yeah. do. Yeah, I think they're liturgically based, Presbyterian mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Yep. Um, I think what you'll find in those groups is very core to those groups is often the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Right. So more often than not, a service will actually be based and the coming to the table or the sacrament of communion would be... Yeah. Um, central. Or, yeah, the central kind of focus. Yes, it yeah. would, yeah. And there's such beauty in that, yeah. but it, that isn't every stream by any means. No. Um, then you have uh, churches like ours. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in between us. Okay. Then you've got churches that are what I call evangelical. Right. And the center of this worship service is generally the preaching of the word. Mm-hmm. So that would be Baptists, mm-hmm. Reformed, right. uh, modern Reformed, should I say, um, Mennonite, um, Alliance, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Because the evangelical movement moved away from the sacrament as the center of the service right. to the preaching of the word being the center of the service. Right. Now, it's changed a lot more these days, but traditionally, they would sing hymns mm-hmm. and um, songs. They weren't really into the modern contemporary s- song. Worship. Yeah, yeah, contemporary yeah, yeah. worship. Yeah. But now it's different, but they, you'll probably find these churches have a mixture of hymn mm-hmm. and um, modern songs. Or, yeah, a lot of times they're split between a traditional service and a contemporary service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in the old days, more less so now, but definitely in the older days, they weren't so worried about the production value of the service. No, either. it's true. You could have a lady on a guitar and uh, a guy with a tambourine and yep. everybody just had a great time. Yep. As long as the preaching was strong <laughs> and the word was strong. A lot of times the preaching wasn't. So it's was just, <laughs> just a gong show. Yeah, but, but, but you know what? It's okay. It is absolutely okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to call that the traditional evangelical kind of concept where the word is really core. Okay. Then you come to Pentecostal charismatics. Mm-hmm. Um, who uh, you've got Hillsong is a source of this. Mm-hmm. Um 
Bethel is a very modern one, but that's a very extreme charismatic. Um, uh, scripture and Song. Do you remember Scripture and Song? I don't know if you remember no. way back a long time ago. Hosanna Integrity. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know um, yeah. You know, uh, Vineyard yep. was another one. So this movement um, and this style of church puts a lot more emphasis upon the corporate worship. Right. And the music. Right. Um Probably often quite a high production value mm -hmm. to it, particularly these days, really, mm -hmm. really big. Um, new songs. In our church, we hardly, we don't sing many hymns at all. And if we do, they're often uh, re, mm -hmm. revamped or revamped or yeah. rechanged. Yeah. Or just visit them as a tag as opposed yeah. to doing the entire song. Um, and that's just the style of us is that this is not a, I know some individuals really love the hymns and we all love the hymns, mm -hmm. but um just as a choice, we tend to focus on the newer song, the contemporary feel, mm -hmm. and uh, songs. Yeah, so I mean, uh, we can get the hymn thing. We get, but we'll have to leave for another podcast. Mm -hmm. it's yeah, a big whole issue. Sure. But um, and and again, not negating it at all. It's not a, a not out of a despising of the hymn, but just no, by any means, just we've made a choice. For such to, depth and richness. Yeah, we step. Yeah, we should just kind of kind of this way. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, there's there's three different styles, and in the in the Pentecostal uh, background, we're from the charismatic kind of movement. Um, on top of the actual singing, we also have time for free praise. Tell us a little bit about what free praise is or free worship. Yeah, I think like um, Scripture says, "Sing a new song to the Lord." Okay, you know? and there's these moments where um, we allow for a space within our worship service to be able to just proclaim things. Oftentimes it's things that are on my heart or things that relate to the song yeah. that we were singing, but it's kind of removing ourselves from knowing exactly where we're going in the song to let's, let's venture off the map for a moment, yeah. you know, let's, yeah. and, and, and to allow for people to come, you know, the hope is, is that people come with you yeah. to, to say, Oh no, these words aren't on the song, the screen. I don't want, to sing, whereas you know, to to create a culture where people are like, here's a moment where I can, yeah. you know, profess what is in my heart, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's that 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 kind of. Thing. Do you think <laughs> any of the three styles are more biblical? That's a pretty loaded question, but I do want to go there. Well, yeah, I don't. Uh, more biblical. Uh, biblical was like you know people gathered in a living room and singing a psalm. Right. So, you know, that kind of thing, right? Is like, if we're talking about what. what so I want to, yeah. I'm glad you said that because I want to jump in there on Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think when, when you define worship as being more biblical, I, I, I like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Early church, yeah. no instruments. Right. Uh, singing <laughs> Jewish hymns. Right, for sure. Although it says spiritual songs, so yeah. something seems to be happening as well. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, there was no band. No. Um, but I don't know if that is. Is that the example when somebody would say biblical worship? Is that really the example of biblical worship? What is the ultimate example of biblical worship? When I think of biblical worship, I think of you know uh, people with a posture of bowing or dancing or clapping. You know, like it's 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 a very an action based. You know, oh, wow. an action-based thing. Where do you we, get that from? Well, no, it's just all through the Bible, you know, in a sense you have the people where... You get it from the Bible? Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, it's like you've got you know, people who are so overcome that they're taking their clothes off and running down the street. You look at yeah, David. Yeah, we're not or, doing that. We're no, not we're not doing that. that, but at the same time, or like, you know, um, you know, you think of David worshiping, yeah. you know, and, and just this 
this uh, this heart posture of humility and of and of yeah. brokenness before the Lord, uh, right? I love what so, you're saying. Yeah. I, I think when I think biblical and I think of the psalmness, yeah. it's like. Um, Where's lament in our worship? Yeah. You know these kind of things. It's just, it's a, it's a true expression of the heart, really. I love what you're saying. I, I think that, and I think this is where Pentecostals and Charismatics tend to come from. Hmm. We we really have a great admiration and revelation of David, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I always say David was like a New Testament Christian living in the Old Testament. He mm. was way ahead of his time mm-hmm. prophetically. I mean, you've got to think about this, David. He inherited this traditional system of worship, the tabernacle, mm-hmm. where I don't even know if there was singing in the tabernacle. I don't think there was any singing in the tabernacle. It was a slaughterhouse. You'd walk in. We know that there was smoke, though. The, yes, there's smoke. <laughs> like in their smoke. worship services. There was flames. <laughs> there was incense. Uh. But it was a very controlled system. Mm-hmm. And you walked in, it was just a bloodbath of animals being slaughtered for mm-hmm. sacrifice, the burn of the <laughs> sacrifice, this place that only a priest could go into, right. and then the Holy of Holies that once a year a priest right. could go into. And uh, this is this is an amazing structured, conservative worship style. Right. David comes along. And I don't know where he gets these ideas from. It's the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when he builds it in Jerusalem, he sets up a temporary shelter in Jerusalem. They still have the ark somewhere else, but then they bring the ark in. Mm. He makes it an open tent. You can walk in right. to the ark. Right. And then he goes and hires musicians mm-hmm. and singers to be right. full-time, wow. 24-7, yeah. singing, Amazing. worshiping, dancing. I mean, you go from this very conservative right. worship style right. to this very expressive, very... Mm-hmm. Um, Free flowing, open. Sure. Women are allowed to. <laughs> women are allowed right. to come into the worship. For sure. I mean, th- it's unbelievably radical. It sounds like the first version of the Jesus people. It, it's just yeah, crazy yeah. radical, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, now he's king, so no one argued, right? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but I think for us as Pentecostals and Charismatics, we really lock into that as a model, hmm. rather than what they did in the first century church because the first century church was based on um we we there's many things we gain from it and paul was awesome in first corinthians uh, 14 to kind of give some guidelines on how things mm-hmm. work in worship services in the For modern sure. church the first century church but nevertheless they were still basing a lot of what they were doing on the jewish traditional religious system right so I'm not sure that even though we see them doing things a certain way, that that is the final stop mm-hmm. on the train ride, if For that sure. makes sense. You know? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, something has to be said about maybe that transition out of the old to the new covenant too. Okay. Right? Like yeah. the way that it had always been done. Yeah. And then realizing they're in the kind of this buffer zone where it's like, no, everything has changed now. You know, yeah. the day of Pentecost has happened. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is here. Yeah. Right? You know, that kind of thing. But it's still, there's still culture takes a while to change. Yes, it does. You know, so yeah. there's a shifting, a, a big turning of a very yes, large shift. And so. this is what Paul encountered. Like, mm-hmm. for example, one simple change was that women in the New Testament church were given a lot more freedom. They were getting more... People don't realize that when Paul makes some instructions to the woman, they're always so oppressive. No, mm-hmm. You've got to realize that the church was doing things so differently than anybody had ever... Women were now speaking. Women now right. getting involved, right? right? Right, And so his concern was that, you know what... Uh, We've got to be careful that we're not ahead of even what the world is at because they're not even going to understand what we're up to. Right. But that just shows you the change from the old covenant to the new covenant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
uh, even in the worship service, now people were free to give prophecies. Anybody was free right. to give a prophecy. Now, okay, guys, now yeah. we can't have everybody giving a prophecy yeah. because it's yeah. just going to become chaos. Right. But you see that Davidic for sure worship style for sure starting to break forth in totally. the New Testament church. Totally, yeah. Like you just, you absolutely have to take that historical cultural context into, you know, into mind when you're looking at you know those epistles, scriptures yeah. about what what their you know their worship services yeah. and everything like that. Because yeah, we were in a transitional time yeah. of realizing yeah. you know, and then of course us two thousand years later, yeah. we're you know functioning in all the freedoms that we yes. have now. Yeah. But yeah. you know, but at the same time, there's something to be said about the loss that has happened with moving away from tradition because there are some beautiful things yeah. in there. That but yeah. at the same point, you know, it's like there, there was some beautiful things and there is some beautiful things in there. And I know that when people go back and and look at them with the power of the Holy Spirit, they see mm-hmm. the grace of God in there. I understand where liturg- liturgical came from originally, you know, having worked in a third world country where people, uh, you know, the significant portion was not even literate to right. read scripture. Right. The liturgical worked really well because I trained a lot of pastors overseas mm-hmm. and sometimes I weren't sure quite what they were actually preaching on a Sunday right. morning. Right. Yeah, those are the realities of it. They're the realities and, mm-hmm. and I wasn't quite sure the services would often, mm-hmm. so they'd get some, I'd read some small scripture and start getting this practice into the mm-hmm. church and it wasn't even biblical. Right. So I can see why in the early days of the church, first hundreds, 200, 300 years, mm-hmm. they had to start standardizing the services sure. because the priests and the leaders and the elders and the past, uh, the local people were not trained. Right. And right. It, could, it could be a train wreck. You could For go sure. in all kinds of directions. For sure. I think the unfortunate thing is that um, then people begin to treat the, the liturgy as sacred. Right. Yeah, for sure. And which, which the fact is, is that, you know, you've got your, you know, kind of your geoeconomical reasons for yeah. it in the past. And, um, but I think there is something to be said about the state of people's heart too. It's easy to just assume that we can come in and know where we're at. And that's, a, there's a beautiful thing about liturgy in a sense where, um, it's, it's, you're reading something where you may not mm-hmm. even be able to, you're processing it as you're saying it and you're saying, wait a second, yeah. you know, we tried it for a while with communion, didn't mm-hmm. we? We, we did. I and think actually people kind of liked it. Oh, people love it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. I, 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 I find, and I found a peace in it. Mm-hmm. Like I liked it because it helped center us mm-hmm. without having to try and center yourself mm-hmm. and getting people to speak out loud. So I, I think that all of these things can be incorporated into the worship. Mm-hmm. I think um, so too, yeah. Um, I don't think you should just try and do it all for the sake of experimentation. But uh, No. Um, you have all to be of, intentional, and it yeah, has to be yeah, based out of prayer. Yeah, but. and some things are for a season, and then you move on, and yeah, you have your because you can even in the Pentecostal context become formulatic as well when mm-hmm. you think. Yeah, absolutely, we can. There's certain things that we're you, you'll approach it, and then realize you're doing it out of habit or whatever, or yeah. maybe not even realize you're doing it out of habit. You're just doing it out of habit, yeah. you know. And yeah, yeah, and I think that's always important to revisit when you're that. not engaging your mind and your soul anymore mm-hmm. then you're in trouble mm-hmm. yeah. i think that was when i first experienced a liturgical service i just kind of realized how casual i'd become with okay. approaching god and approaching okay. worship okay. and there's just something within that formality that you just kind of realize no like wait a yeah. second yeah this is really really important 
It's you interesting. Know? Like you listen to it and you go, oh, this is fantastic. And then you go, ah, but it's not quite there. And then you go Pentecostal. Oh, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, ah, there's something missing. Right. It's so <laughs> true. Oh, I mean, if we could take a little bit of all of it, mm-hmm. it could be mm-hmm. quite something else. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't think being casual is a bad thing. But I think engage, being, you know, how can we engage our heart and our mind yeah. to even deeper ways? And, and liturgy is a way of yeah. that, that, you know, yeah. will make you cross that bridge, if you will. Well, listen, these, there's no conclusion here, uh, except that the way we do it is right. But, um, <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, you know, but uh, just maybe give some background into it that how where we come from is from that div- we're strongly influenced by the Davidic mm-hmm. um, example. And, mm-hmm. and probably we also rely on revelations and so on and so forth mm-hmm. when we look into heaven and get a little bit of a taste of what heaven's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yet we also love the word. I, I would say that we still believe strongly in the word. Of course, and, we do. Uh, really want. So we try to balance the amount of worship with the amount of the word. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, these are things to think about. Help you get a little bit of a background understanding of where we come from and how the different churches do it. Is one biblical more biblical than the others? I think some tradition has overshadowed um, what's going on, and it's become too. Uh, it, 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 there's no room for change, no room mm-hmm. for variation. Mm-hmm. I think that's not healthy. I think mm-hmm. there has to be room for the spirit mm-hmm. to be able to move in other ways. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it is important for always to compare our worship against the word and mm-hmm. against the examples of scripture, mm-hmm. always seeking to offer a more pure form of worship and praise with our lives. Mm-hmm. So Lord bless you as you think on these things and uh, let's gather together and give God the glory. Amen. Love it. We want to thank you for joining us on Recalibrate today. For more information, please check out our website at crcfchurch.com.